Zig Ziglar famously quoted, expect the best, prepare for the worst, capitalize on what comes. Well, in this episode, we dig into the reality that this conveys. I mean, we all know well the success concepts of committing to something, right? Never quitting, being resolute and convicted, persevering. I mean, it's what success and legendary successes are made of, right? And if there is a so-called failure, it's not truly failure. If we learn something and can redeem it with the experiential wisdom, or if it helps lead us on to the thing that does work. But sometimes we have an effort that just flat out does not work. And if we've invested a lot, we can find ourselves in dire straits. So should we prepare for the worst, prepare for failure, have a backup plan or a plan B, or does that defy the faith in success we're supposed to have? I welcome you to The Ziegler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and this podcast has a simple premise. It's to take the age-old wisdom of self-help and personal development and break it down as to how it relates to our world today. I encourage you to visit Ziegler.com and see what they can offer you for your personal and business success. And for more info on this and my other podcasts, visit KevinMiller.co. Next, Tom Ziegler and I discuss this issue of expecting the best, preparing for the worst, and capitalizing or maximizing on what comes. Tom, in my Driven to Live community, had a member, a friend, post a prayer request. Actually, it was a list. Like, these are the things that are going on in my life right now. It was business, family, some issues. Uh, and he posted like uh, three or four things. And this is probably a few weeks ago. Because uh, I, I really try to hit that. You know, what's paramount on your mind right now? What is that? Because we always want to talk about, you know, business and progress and personal success, health and wellness. But what is that thing that's priority? And so often it's things going on in our personal life or just, you know, whatever's critical and acute. And that's really what he was saying. I mean, these are the things that I'm really are occupying my mind right now. So he posted that a while ago. Uh, yesterday, he did a follow up because somebody had just asked him, hey, what's the status? And of course, he's an aspiring guy like us pursuing success, pursuing good input, uh, believes, you know, in himself and, and all that good stuff. And he posted all the fruitions of these things. All these things came to pass in, in the way that he had hoped to. So it was great, right? A success story. But I'm thinking that is what we expect. Rightly so. And sometimes though, they don't work out. They did in his case, but what if they hadn't? How would he feel there? How would he be coping and going along there? So I'm thinking about this. And I even posted that. I said, no point here necessarily. I'm just kind of pondering that. We expect things to work out, rightly so. But what if they don't? Because sometimes they just don't. And I know a lot of people out there right now in the culture are grappling with the reality that there's some things that have not worked out and they're struggling. And it's hard to just throw something, you know, have faith, work harder, never quit, all the good stuff that we put out there. So then... I see Tom Ziegler and he posts this statement on uh, social media. Legacy is intentionally preparing those who love to grow through life's most difficult challenges. Okay. You posted that. And then real quick after that, you posted a piece and that's where I wanted to land today 
on the virus proof mindset. And you said over the last few days, I've been reflecting on our current situation with COVID-19 virus, the stock markets, shutdown of colleges and professional sports and many events. If dad, Zig Ziglar himself were here, what would he say? How would he live? And you gave the quote from your dad, from Zig Ziglar, expect the best, prepare for the worst, capitalize on what comes. And you said, I think this quote sums it up, but what does it mean? And you got responses. That's where I wanted to hit today because it really kind of belies some of the general stuff that we throw out in personal development and self-help. This kind of hits, this is the rubber hits the road. We're going to expect the best. Okay. Got that one. Prepare for the worst. Well, why are we going to do that? If we're expecting the best, why would we prepare for the worst? And then you're saying, and either way, capitalize on what comes. So I want to break it down. We know expect the best. That's going to be the best outcome opportunity. But I don't know, you just, you talk on that though, expect the best, but with, uh, line it up for the next one, prepare for the worst. Yes. Expect the best is kind of that get to attitude. You know, I, I golly, I get to prepare. I get to go into work. I get to do this. I get to go through all this, um, whatever it is I get to, right. I'm expecting the best. This is going to be fantastic. I'm going to make this proposal. I'm going to call these people. I'm going to plan this event and it's going to be amazing. Well, what does prepare for the worst mean? Disruption's coming right? It's, it's coming. So what happens if the plane gets canceled at the last time? What happens like happened to me? I got five speaking engagements canceled on the same day. Uh, the first time the government shut down uh, at the start of this whole COVID mess. And I had to go home and go, wait a second, uh, this is terrible. I'm a speaker. And then the voice on my head said, no, you're not a, you're not a speaker. Uh, you're not in the speaking business, you're in the life-changing business, which is a whole different scenario. And so one of the chapters in the book, uh, The New 10 Leadership Virtues for Disruptive Times, uh, chapter, I think it's chapter 11, um, is all about preparing for the worst. It's expecting the best, preparing for the worst, and, and, and the concept is, you know, if, if I'm truly in the life-changing business, there are so many different ways that I can do that. I can do it on Zoom. I can do it on a phone call. I can do it face-to-face. -face. I can do it on text. I can write a new program, do an online course. I mean, there's a hundred different ways to do it. And I remember, uh, this is a number of years ago, probably seven or eight years ago, Ken Blanchard uh, was in our office as one minute manager uh, guy who's I think 50 million books or something ridiculous. Um, a lot of books. He was talking about when the original uh, mortgage meltdown crisis happened and a lot of businesses were no nine 11, sorry, go back even further. When nine 11 happened, uh, they had already started they had an, um, a position in their company, two positions, president of the present and president of the future. And so the president of the future, which I believe is his wife at that time, was looking at, well, how are we going to do training 
in the future. And so they were a very early adopter to web-based training, internet-based training. And so when 9-11 happened and all the big companies canceled all their travel and all their training for like three to six months, they were calling him and saying, hey, we got to cancel this. And their business department said, wait a second, why don't we just do it online? And gave him all the reasons it's better because they were already preparing for what the future was going to be. Yeah. And so from a mindset perspective, expect the best says, hey, a positive attitude outperforms a negative attitude every time. Prepare for the worst says, golly, my mental state is I love struggle. I love disruption. Why? Because I have a growth mindset. Our competitive advantage is when things go askew because our team and myself, we know how to adapt. We know how to improvise, adapt, and overcome, just like the Marines and what they uh, message out. And everybody else is going to get paralyzed, and they're going to sit down, and we're going to gain market share. Is it going to look different? Yeah. I mean, I'll just give you an example of something that's different now than it was at the beginning. Our Ziegler Speakers Institute was three days in the classroom. And two of those days are very, very full of our, of our attendees giving 20-minute speeches. And then we coach them through it. And then on the next day, they give it again, but with all the things that we've recommended and spurs throughout those three days was training around how to be an effective keynote speaker. Well, when the pandemic came and everybody's travel and everything became an issue, we took the one day of education and we put that online in an online format. And it, Kevin, it's better. And so now when people come in, we do one day online on how to craft the perfect keynote, how to build it, all the things you need to know. And we do it four weeks before the actual class. And so now everybody who's going through this, they got a month to work on their keynote with all of the instruction and email support from us before they show up in our offices. And now instead of three days, they're there two days and they give their uh, speech on the first day, we coach them and, and show them. And then, then the next person goes, we do the same thing. And so that change, that idea of capitalize on or maximize what comes, it's actually a better class now. Yeah. Now the reality is, is that type of class that can't be only only online it has to be some face-to-face -face because of what how we coach and what we do and in audience uh participation as a result we've got more qualified people but what we could have done is we could have said oh no this is terrible and shut the whole program down mm -hmm. right instead what we did is we said we're going to do it online we're going to meet online until we can meet again yeah. And we kept all of our customers, kept them happy. And, you know, we just we just roll with it. So that's how you maximize or, or capitalize on what comes. But here's the key. The prepare for the worst mindset is simply fall in love with the change. You know, we've talked about the Tom Watson story. This might be the third or fourth podcast in a row. Pray for rain. If you're a professional golfer like Tom Watson, 
whenever it rained, his odds of winning went way up. Why? Because other people lost their focus and concentration. He thrived in the rain. That's why he won five British Open championships. So in the business world today, when there's change, that creates opportunity. And ultimately, we're not in the widget business. We're in the problem-solving business. This is for everybody listening. And so if your mindset is, well, when there's more problems, there's more opportunity. Because right now, there's a lot of problems out there. Now, it's no fun in the middle of it. But if your mindset flips to, hey, I love this stuff because I know how to learn. I know how to grow. Well, let's play with the first two. Expect the best and prepare for the worst. So as you said, uh, you're paraphrasing, you know, uh, I'm going to say I'll say another zig quote on that, that a positive attitude won't let you do anything, but it'll let you do everything better than a negative attitude, negative mindset, positive mindset. So we go in expecting the best. Which, which we generally do. I mean, this is an audience, you, me, Tom, and this audience, an aspiring crowd. We are expecting the best or we are striving to expect the best, to have a positive self-image, to be confident, to have faith that things will work out no matter what your uh, f- specific faith belief, but having some aspect of faith that things will work out. So we do that. We expect the best. Now, here's a term that I don't intend to get spiritual with, but I've, I know is out there a lot manifesting something, you know, you can manifest and I struggle with it a little bit as you probably do too, Tom, that it kind of feels like that. I am God. I am going to, you know, make all things. And I don't necessarily subscribe to that. But when I think of manifesting, if I have a positive mindset, if I am taking in the good input, I am seeking wise counsel. I am from that setting myself up from success. I am making better decisions. I am uh, progressing through challenge. I'm not quitting. You know, we've got the quotes out there. I mean, we could, we could do a list. Never, ever, ever, ever quit, you know, uh, you know, about committing and being convicted about something and don't have a plan B. Throw that out. Only a plan A. That's the kind of stuff that I really embraced in my most of my life, actually, Tom, it works well as a pro cyclist. You know, there's no, what's plan B? There's no plan B. It's plan A, man. You either stick to it and make it to the finish line and compete for the win or, or you don't. There's, there's, there's nothing else. However, this is life. It's a little bit different than a bike race or a sporting event in that sense. And, I, you know, in, in a sense, we're saying expect the best, but prepare for the worst. And I think we have, we as humanity have a hard time holding that in there because it feels like, okay, I'm going to expect the best, but I am going to have a plan B. Okay. So then you're preparing to fail, huh? You can, you can hear the big, powerful, you know, motivational speaker saying that you're, then you're prepared. No, we don't, we don't prepare for the worst, but we also know it's folly. but how can we, I, I want to hold that intention there of being convicted, being committed, not, you're not going to quit. And you're not saying that you're saying, prepare for the worst. You're going to keep going, but you may need to change your tactics. We may need to say, okay, if that doesn't work in the way that I perceive it, I envision it, then what can I do? Which I'll I'll say, Tom, on a faith-based aspect, I have learned that the hard way of believing in a vision that I believe was from God. Here's a a mission, a vision, a, a directive, and I have had that happen enough experientially in my life that I believe in it. However, I have often then taken the reins and said, okay, I got it. I see the vision. I'm, I'm, I'm your guy. I'm your huckleberry, man. I'm good. I go. 
And it's kind of, I didn't say this, but I, you know, I, I, I see how that, I see how I think that should happen. And I'm going to go after that months down the way. And I'm wondering, God, where are you? Because this isn't working. And I have come to believe in the vision and realize it is very often not going to come to fruition in the way that I see it, which does that mean it's the worst? No, but sometimes, honestly, Tom, I felt that way that how, if looking back on some of the things that actually did work out though, it, it initially felt like the worst because it didn't work out the way that I saw and understood that. So now I'm learning to have faith in that. Okay. I'm going to go for the vision. I don't know how it's going to work out. And I'm wondering if that, I feel like that plays into this a bit. I'm going to expect the best, prepare for it. And it just may not happen that way. So I'm going to prepare for the worst. If that does not happen, then what will I do? Which I do like from a risk standpoint, what is the worst thing that can happen? Am I going to end up, how many people, Tom, do you know that said, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to jump, man. I'm going to start a business, side business, part-time business, full-time, whatever. How many of them do you know that today you, where you live, can go to downtown Dallas and find them homeless living in a box? I've got a zero on my list. It's never happened to that degree. And I'm not minimizing somebody's struggle because I've seen some people go through hard things and we'll hear, we will hear the, you know, every once in a while, somebody in dire straits who ended their life or something. And I don't have firsthand account of that from a business standpoint, but I'm sure it's happened. But again, we're back to that expecting the best, but it's not a weakness. I guess that's my point. Not a weakness though, to also prepare for the worst. You are listening to The Ziggler Show and my discussion with Tom Ziggler about expecting the best and preparing for the worst. We'll be right back. Yes, 100%. And of course, right now in this season, I am very, very consumed with what I call coach leadership. And coach leadership is a new way of leading. And I believe it's the only way that's going to be effective in times of disruption Uh, We've got the great resignation going on, millions of people quitting their jobs, and many of them in search of two things, purpose for their own life. I want to do something that's meaningful, that fills my soul, and just an overall dissatisfaction with where they are. And that could be the job they're doing, but usually it's the leadership that they're not getting, okay? So let let me give you a coach leadership example of expect the best, prepare for the worst. So imagine you are a leader and you're going to hire some people for your team. Okay. You're going to go through the resumes. You're going to interview everybody. You're going to pick the best candidates. You're going to, you know, you're going to put on your sales hat as well as your questioning hat to make sure that it's a great fit. And you've got high hopes. You're expecting the best. You're going to, you're going to hire a game changer. There's no doubt in your mind that the people you're going to bring on are going to elevate your team and your business to the next level. So that's expecting the best. And by the way, top performers are attracted to that type of mindset, right? They love it. They, and when you paint the vision, they love it. Okay. So I want you to hear what I mean by uh, prepare for the worst. So we've seen the worst, right? Somebody comes on and they're not a fit. They're not culturally aligned. Their vision is different. Their virtues, their values don't line up. Uh, They did a great interview, but they're not the same person, (laughs) you know, that you thought they were. And 
communication's a challenge and they get outside of the loop. And this thing, uh, sometimes it happens quickly. Sometimes it can take one or two years. And you look back and you ask yourself the question, um, would I hire that person again, knowing what I know? And if the answer is no, then you've got, in my mind, a moral obligation to sit down with them and say, hey, we got X amount of days to, to, to rectify this, or you need to find a place that you're a fit for because you're not a fit here. So how do you prepare for the worst? Well, you set the ground rules day one. You onboard them and you give them a big dose of your vision. And you say, here are the virtues of how we treat each other. And you get agreement on those things. And then you let them know, oh, by the way, I am going to share with you our vision and our virtues, if not daily, at least three or four times a week. There's never going to be a question. Oh, and by the way, you and I are going to sit down and right out of the gate, I want to understand why you're here. What's the bigger purpose? Why, why do you want to come work? You know, I know you need a paycheck. Everybody needs money. But if you're successful here, what does that mean to you? You know, where is this going to take you in your career? What is it going to allow you to do that you've always wanted to do? And we're going to build a relationship over time. And every single week, I'm going to constantly check in with you to ask you, uh, what attitudes do you need to develop in order to hit your goals? What skills do you need to enhance and work on and acquire in order to become the person who automatically accomplishes those goals and dreams? And I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to ask you the questions and you're going to come up with a plan with my guidance, right? With, with some co-creation. And we're going to stick to that. And there's never going to be a chance for miscommunication or clear direction on how you can improve yourself and make more money and be and get promoted and move yourself down towards your why. And so those are all really positive things, right? Everything I just said is powerful, but what was I doing? I was preparing for the worst. How was I preparing for the worst? By taking as much possibility of that happening out of the equation. Yeah. So here's where that's where some of this thinking comes from. I have a coach, her name is Michelle Delgado, and we were talking about uh, the industry term is DEI, which is diversity, equity, and inclusion. And dad, every time he spoke, the only thing he cared about, the, the, the group that he spoke to, is how do I reach them? It wasn't whether they were teenagers or senior citizens or salespeople or tech people or, you know, in the U.S. or in India or some other country. That was not his question. There was no judgment on who they were. His concern was, how do I reach them? So he adapted and adopted his style and his emphasis based on the people in front of him. If you got 13-year-olds, the stories you tell are a little different than if they're 80, right? It's, it's, and so that's the first thing. So Michelle and I were talking and she said, well, how would, how would you use what we've talked about in coach leadership to help somebody like me? And I said, what do you mean? And so uh, I believe she's from, um, I think, Puerto Rico, and, and Michelle, if you're listening to this, correct me if I get any of this wrong. But uh, 
grew up in corporate America and in, on the East Coast. And she said, culturally, as a female coming out of that culture, I would have never thought early in my career to raise my hand and say, I want that project or to raise my hand and say, hey, do I get a raise or raise my hand? Hey, can I be considered for that promotion? Because she said the way I was raised was I wait, right? I'm, I'm, I'm filling a role as a female and as a culture to uh, have people recognize me first and then move into that. And so what she said was, is basically in a fast paced uh, business environment, there were opportunities she missed until she got the right mindset and coaching to make herself visible. So here's what I'm saying. This is what a coach leader does. A coach leader never allows the chance for someone because of different culture, different background, different perspectives to be left behind. You go to them immediately and say, expect the best. I see great things for you. We brought you on because you can solve this problem. You're only just now getting started. Imagine what things will be like when you've got a little bit of experience. Let's work together to figure out how to grow who you are in these areas. What do you want? Would you like to make more money? So instead of somebody like Michelle saying, I want to make more money, the coach leader says, would you like to make more money? Well, duh, we all, we all do. I mean, let's, I mean, occasionally somebody doesn't, but, but you know what? If we had the choice between less money and more money, most of us would pick more money. So if a coach leader says, would you like that? Would you like advancement in your career? Would you like a promotion? Would you like to make more money? And the person says, yes then preparing for the or expecting the best and preparing for the worst they go hand in hand fantastic i want to pay you more money this is how i can pay you more money when you contribute more than is expected so that allows me to compensate you more than what our current agreement is because you are a part of the reason we're more profitable now how do you get there well We've got to work on your attitude, your effort, and your skill. And so all of a sudden, this proactive coach leadership kind of approach to life is, hey, we're going to go do great things. That's expect the best. And we're going to prepare ourselves to do great things. We're not going to take the chance of bad communication. We're not going to take the chance of you know, not understanding what somebody needs to grow and where they want to go. We're going to get that on the table because here's what's going to happen. We're going to have all those best intentions. And because disruption always comes, we have prepared for the worst. Now I can go to that team member and say, well, things have changed. I sure am glad you proved to me that you can learn because we need to do something different now. Yeah. What have you just conveyed to that person on your team? A growth attitude, a growth mindset. <laughs> hey, we can always learn and grow. That's preparing for the worst in the truest, best way. So we embrace it. Um, I heard a great example. A lot of people with kids, you know, they're thinking there's only, there's only one best college that my kid can go to. And I'm so scared I'm going to pick the wrong college or my kid's going to pick the wrong college. 
<laughs> Let me tell you this. There's probably 10 colleges or 20 that somebody could go to that if they go to with the right mindset, it's going to take them wherever they want to go in life. And so it's not the university. It's not the job that determines the person. It's the mindset of that person. And when you expect the best and prepare for the worst, then you're always able to jump from where you are to the next level or the next thing. So that was kind of a rant, Kevin. Well, no, it was, it, it was good. You, and you kept coming back to, and I'm sitting here thinking it's a little simplistic, but when you again, unpack that, expect the best, prepare for the worst, capitalize on what comes. I mean, that still is a commitment. It doesn't say quit. It doesn't say quit, but it may say, you know, quit the way that you, uh, understand. Then again, back to what I said that you envisioned it. And it really, I was sitting here thinking about the MacGyver mindset. You remember that old show? What was that? Oh yeah. Eighties or something. I love that show. And today I realize why, and I'm not going to put this out there as the Holy grail for everyone, because thank goodness God makes us differently. We have different personalities. We have different uh, propensities. And some people are great with a blueprint to make something perfectly. Thank goodness for those, because that's who we have cabinets from. And, you know, from a fine woodworking standpoint, I think about that. I am not a fine woodworker. I am, a, I am an entrepreneurial bootstrapping woodworker. And I just kind of make stuff out of whatever's available. To some degree, we're talking about that. I say, look, I'm committed to this, but I cannot control everything that comes in the way. Like MacGyver, though, I am going to have a good outcome. I am going to save this person, save the world, do whatever. I'm going to use what is around me. Yep. Two quick stories. Um, I probably watched Dad pack for his business trips at least 100 times in my life, maybe more. Because he was going on trips yeah. pretty much every week. And there was, a, there was a phase in his packing where he would get his briefcase. And it wasn't a giant briefcase. It wasn't like a 50-pounder. You know, it was a 15-pounder. And he always put two things in the briefcase. The first thing was all of his notes and materials for the presentation he was going to give. And the second was the projects and work that he could do if he got delayed mm. on anything. And so he was expecting the best, man, I'm going to get to the airport 30 minutes ahead of time. I'm going to walk through security right onto the plane. It's going to take off on time. It's going to land. The people are going to meet me. They're going to take me straight to the hotel. I'm going to get a workout in. I'm going to get a good meal. I'm getting them sleep. I'm going to get up and I'm going to eat a fantastic breakfast, prepare for a couple hours, go do an amazing presentation, go straight to the airport, get on the plane, come back home, and life is going to be unbelievable. And guess what? That didn't happen. That was rare when that schedule happened. I was going right? to say was today, awesome. that is not, your 75% chance that is not going to happen with today's airlines. Yeah. But his mindset was, I don't care if I'm delayed. Yeah. I've got everything I need right now that I can work on that will move me closer to my goals and purpose, whether I'm doing it in an airport in Seattle or on an airplane on the way home or in my office in Dallas. It didn't, didn't matter to him. And so that's expect the best, prepare for the worst, maximize what comes. Every trip we would go on, he'd come home with a story and he'd have notes around how so-and-so did this and that. He just got a new chapter out of his book. And some of them were, 
people who were, would uh, help him out at the airport when they were delayed or shining his shoes. I mean, you've heard the stories. Yeah. We all know them. So he was 100% all in and present whenever that was happening. So that's that's how I saw dad model that 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 system out. And, and I've looked at that and, you know, dad's original quote was expect the best, prepare for the worst, capitalize on what comes. And then I changed the word capitalize to maximize mm -hmm. um, because the reality is, is um, sometimes we get knocked down and we can't capitalize on the situation. It's a, it's a hit but we can maximize it. You are listening to The Ziegler Show and my discussion with Tom Ziegler about expecting the best and preparing for the worst. We'll be right back. And then we wake up and we're relieved. When my daughter went through, uh, before she went to college, she went to uh, a, a, a place where they did like two days of testing and a personality profile to figure out where she should really focus her energy. You know, what, what kind of where her gifts are. And I'll never will forget the counselor in one of the sessions of the debrief session at the end, that dad got to go to. And the counselor told her, when you're looking for a job, there's two things you want to take note of. Let's say you get your first job, write down what you really love and write down what you don't like. Because what you don't like is just as important as what you love. Because every job is going to have stuff in it that we don't like. The question is, is that a significant amount of it to say, I'm not going to do that job? And so that's another way of maximizing what comes in a learning experience where we figure out, hey, that's not me. That's, that's not my gifting. That's not my my uh that's not what makes my heart sing so i'm going to move from that so that's this mindset of disruption allows us to grow right because just uh you know the furnace builds and hardens us it gives us strength uh the more trials we face the more endurance we create right but we also get the mental lessons of well, gosh what am i good at and what am i not so good at and how do i make choices when I know those two things. I, a fitting wrap up here is our buddy, Donald Miller. We've had him on the show, I think three times, probably going to have him on uh, pretty soon. He's got a new book coming out and in his book, one of my favorite personal development books of all time, a million miles in a thousand years, he goes through living a good story. And he says, a good story is, and this is really based on, he actually took a, a, a class with one of the top screenwriters in the movie business. Best stories, if you think about this, think about those stories you love the most, the shows you love the most, movies you love the most, those epic movies are made up of a character who wants something and overcomes conflict to get it. Think of a movie that really inspired you. Now, I know we've got comedies out there and some things like that that may not have some big point other than to make you laugh, which is wonderful. But most of the, the dramas, especially, it's a character who wants something and overcomes conflict to get it. Imagine watching a story and being interested about a character who wanted something and they just got it. 
That's it. You know what? This job, eh, so-so. I think I'm going to start a business. They started it, hung their sign out front. People came in by the hundreds, made a bunch of money, had fun. And there they are, retired on their yacht. I don't know one of those stories yet. Uh, there's nobody on the bookshelves behind me or that we've had on the show here that has not gone after something and had significant struggle. And, and generally, they had a significant struggle in their life before they even came to the thing that they are now well known for. This is the story of your dad. It's the story of everybody with a good story. They overcame conflict. Now, again, it's not to say we sit there and pray for hardship. It's not to say that we expect that we're pessimistic. We're okay. We're going to start this thing out and I'm just going to wait for the ball to hit, man. I know it's going to get bad. It's not a pessimistic. It's not a negative aspect, um, but it is a embracing and an accepting of, man, there is going to be challenge. And I am going to, as Tom brought to this show, prepare for the worst. And regardless of what happens, I am going to, as your dad said, capitalize, you say, maximize on what comes. That's what I appreciate. That's the COVID business phrase term that came to the spotlight of pivot. How am I going to pivot? So many people I know that pivoted. And as you talked about at the beginning of the show, they changed things because of this pandemic, because of this challenge, tragedy, some would say. And they're saying, I actually had, I had to change because we lost all my speaking gigs, whatever. And I changed, I did this and it's actually better today. I've heard that so often. Now I'm saying that and somebody's listening to this and they're saying, you know what? That did not work for me. It killed my business. I had to go somewhere else. It was hard and it still is today. Man, I get it. Story's not over yet is hopefully what we're going to say here. The story is not over yet. You may still be in the conflict. Uh, so what can you do to prepare for the worst? Or maybe you're in the worst. Now it's, you're stuck with, stuck with, that's not, you're blessed with the opportunity. How's that? to, as Tom Ziegler says, maximize on what comes, maximize on what is there. And you may need counsel uh, to go to Ziegler.com or type in tziegler at Ziegler.com and email Tom and say, hey, this is what's going on right now. I need guidance. I need help. I need to expand my view. I need to figure out how I can maximize on this because it's not, it's not doing, it's not going the direction that I want and I'm still struggling. Understood, man. There's a lot of people there. Um, but Tom, man, thanks for the, uh, for the perspective on this. I mean, and again, yeah, it's, it, it, this is right out of your book, 10 leadership virtues for disruptive times, new book by Tom Ziegler. And that's your point that we have for a lot of us encountered disruption, uh, from the culture in a greater way than we ever have before. You mentioned nine 11, nine 11. I mean, I, how could anything be more tragic yet? I got to say that you know, thousands of miles away, it didn't change my day-to-day -day life. It was tragic. My heart hurt for that, but it didn't change my life. Today, hardly anybody has been unscathed by COVID and the pandemic, and it may not change. We may be, this may be it, disruption from here on in. So how can we prepare for it? How can we maximize it. That's what you talk about in the book. Folks, go check out the book too, Ziggler.com or wherever you get your books. But uh, yeah, great topic. I'm glad that I went and stalked your recent post because it was uh, timely. We'll call it divine, Tom. Brother, Amen. thank you. Thanks, brother. I truly hope this episode helped equip you for this tension between expecting the best and preparing for the worst. I mean, these again are concepts that we bat around in personal development that 
don't often take root in our actual lives if we don't understand them correctly. Coming up in Ziegler's show, episode 963, I bring you Brianna Brown Keen, a well-known Hollywood actress who's using her platform to help people believe in and achieve their goals. She has a unique position in a field where she receives far more rejections than exceptions, uh, meaning being accepted, getting the role where performance and expression are exaggerated. They exaggerate the realities that we all do face in our own lives. And from this, she has some rare insight into how we can all go about our progress with more grace for ourselves and effectiveness in our efforts. Till then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. 